0: that I would queen, alright I promise no more
1: Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time, they might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here today with Mari Morton, and we are going to talk about the song, Take Out The Trash.
0: And once you get
1: How's how's it going, Mari?
2: It's going pretty good.
1: So, you are originally from Wisconsin, right? Where in Wisconsin?
2: Kenosha. I'm from Kenosha.
1: Kenosha. And you are currently in Nashville, Tennessee. Yes, I am. How's Nashville?
2: Nashville's pretty good. Uh, Went to a really great show this past weekend. Got to see Mudhoney and Porcupine.
1: Ooh, wow, Mudhoney. Honey. They just yeah. put out a new record, didn't they?
2: Yeah. Um. It was. It was amazing. Uh, I'm. I'm sort of like a casual Mudhoney fan.
1: But, yeah. Same.
2: Um. You know, I'm familiar with a bunch of their stuff, and obviously they've had a huge influence. And wow, what a bunch of really, really nice guys.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, in the grunge lineage, they are definitely legendary.
2: Yeah. Um. Their guitarists. Steve was uh saying oh hey i work at the pressing plant in portland you should move to portland and come work at the pressing plant it's it's so weird because i had no idea he worked there and i know friends in portland who like know people who work there and they've always said hey didn't you used to work at this record company doing lathe cuts you should really like get back into that stuff you know a lot about making records you should come and work at the pressing plant in portland I don't want to move to Oregon, but I think it's pretty hilarious that the lead guitarist in Munhuddy even said I should go work there.
1: <laughs> I did not know you uh, made records. What? Uh, so where where was this?
2: It was when I lived in Tucson. I used to work for, it was like a dual business. They had a record label, and then they also had a business where they would l- do lathe cuts. So we had these machines, these Presto machines that were from like the 1930s and 40s. Used to use them at radio stations and stuff to you know record live recordings to lacquers and wax and stuff. And yeah. uh and yeah, so we use those and we'd cut into usually acrylic, but sometimes we'd screw around and do other weird stuff, like plastic picnic plates that we cut into little pieces uh, and you know, whatever is <laughs> like soft enough for you to dig in a needle, you can cut a record on it. But wow. I, yeah, I used to work for people in a position to know records and lathecuts.com. And I guess that they still have a machine or two, but they, uh, they cut the business down a lot and they sold mm. a lot of them off. So now there's like six other different lathe cut companies out there that have sprung out of that business size downsizing, which is pretty oh. neat. So huh. people yeah. are doing all kinds of weird stuff with it.
1: Wow. So, uh, yeah, just for everyone listening, uh, you would have heard Mari on the Miscellaneous Trans Patreon episode. Uh, If you haven't heard that, I would highly recommend it. That was a really good one. But this is your first proper weekly episode. Yeah. So I think we need to talk about your They Might Be Giants fandom. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you first got into them. Uh, give, Give us the rundown.
2: Well, I'm one of those Tiny Toons Adventures kids. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was the, the seed that sprouted. Um, it was one of those things where I loved it when it was on TV as a kid. And then, you know, Malcolm in the Middle came out. I was like, oh, yeah, there's that band again. Yeah. And otherwise, I didn't have a whole lot of exposure to them when I was growing up until um, they popped up on Homestar Runner. <laughs> when when the spine came out and i got so excited about that and that's really when i started to fall in love with them so i got into the spine that was my freshman year of high school and um then i i became a sort of like obsessive casual listener if that makes any uh-huh. sense so are-
1: was the spine the first record you bought of theirs? No,
2: actually, I I didn't buy any of their records until after the Else came out. I had never found a physical copy like anywhere <laughs> of oh. anything. <laughs> uh, I bet I could have if I had looked harder, but I, I was uh I was too busy on Soul Seek, so ah. yeah, you know. So I sort of had my folder full of all my random. They might be giant songs like selections from basically everything up through i guess you know the spine i'd like a few songs from every record that i really liked and then um the the first time i really started to listen to them was uh i guess it was about a year after the else came out and they were playing a show in milwaukee and i saw them live and it blew my mind nice so um because i'd listened to lincoln all the way through and i hated it
1: really (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why
2: <laughs> yeah uh, I thought it was I said is this a joke <laughs> that was that, that was my response to because I loved uh, Anna Ang I'd seen that on. I'd seen the video on DH1 Classic and I was obsessed with it and uh, my a friend of mine was like oh here I'll burn you a copy of Lincoln and I listened to it and I was just like skip Skip, 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 <laughs> skip. It was like the first time I listened to Pinkerton by Weezer. You know, I was just like, this record uh-huh. sucks. And then I completely <laughs> fell in love with it. It's it's silly how things work that way. Sometimes you just it like it too to, much.
1: How long did it take you to come back around to it?
2: Um, I think it was about two years when I absolutely fell in love with it. I never listened to it all the way through again until about two years later. Uh, But, yeah, I I fell in love with it then, and that's when I got serious. I'd been playing the accordion for several years, but I got really serious about playing the accordion because I just thought it was amazing seeing them live. Yeah, I'll never forget the moment that really blew my mind was that they had, emphasis on the word blue, they they had (laughs) this booth for the local alternative rock radio station. They were, like, sponsoring the stage that they were playing on. And... um, there was, they had these blue balloons that had the, the name of the radio station, and they were like really big, and people were bopping them around in the audience during the show, and they did fingertips, and I'd never heard fingertips before. I'd heard most of Apollo 18, but I'd never heard fingertips. Oh. And it's so I was like, "What is this song?" <laughs> and and Flansburg, like points at this blue balloon floating past the stage. It says, "What's that blue thing doing here?" He's like tracking it with his finger. Perfect. I, I like nearly fainted on the spot. It was so incredible. They're the, the, just the greatest entertainers in the world. Uh. And they opened during the the like opening ceremonies of Summerfest. Milwaukee so they had this massive Ah. fireworks show they thought the fireworks were over so they started playing dr. worm and then the firework (laughs) grand finale started so they were playing dr. worm over the fireworks
1: oh that's kind of cool
2: barely hear them Uh but everyone who was like actually into the band watching them play even though they couldn't hear what they were playing you could see bright lights flashing behind you. We were all facing the stage, watching the band we couldn't hear instead of watching fireworks. They were watching the fireworks. <laughs> and wow. I, th- I just thought, this is one of the most incredible concerts I've ever been to. And that I couldn't help myself after that. Then I just became an absolute fanatic.
1: That's pretty epic. I've been to Summerfest once. I saw, oh, I don't even remember what year this is, but I saw Flaming Lips and Ben Folds, I believe. I've got some uh, relatives in Milwaukee. I like Milwaukee a lot.
2: Hey, I'm going to the Flood Show in March. I bought my tickets the other oh, day.
1: Oh, nice, man! Everything's sold out super quick on that thing, man.
2: I was gonna, I was gonna buy presale tickets because I thought, oh boy, it might sell out the day of. But it, it they went on sale Friday morning and they didn't sell out until Sunday morning. <laughs> so I got a alert from the venue saying, hey, we only got 30 tickets left. And I was like, where's Ooh. my wallet?
1: Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, I don't have any tickets to that tour, but that's... Uh, man, yeah, they sold out both Chicago dates. It so probably been a, would have been the one I'd gone to, but... Oh, I don't know. Slept on that, but yeah, 30th anniversary. That's uh, that's going to be a sweet show.
2: And the Chess Master is coming out of its hiding hole. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, I saw that.
2: I'm yeah. way too excited. This isn't my first Flood show either, so... I, I saw them do a yep. one off in Kansas City, Missouri in two thousand nine, May two thousand nine. They just out of nowhere. They weren't playing they they weren't playing any other shows anywhere near there. Like they just flew out from from New York yeah. to play like one show in Kansas City, Missouri. It's very strange. But it just happened to be the same weekend that I was driving cross country to move from Milwaukee to Arizona. So <laughs> Me and my car, my car full of stuff and my cat and everything got to hang out at the hotel while I went to <laughs> my first flood show.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty random. They must've been paying them pretty well.
2: Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that big of a venue, so it was kind of weird, but I knew people who came up from Texas for that show. Hey, John Flansburg even dropped the gigantic drum on my friends in the front row. I was pretty hilarious
1: whoops, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. <laughs> yeah for uh for whistling in the dark yep yeah <laughs> was anyone injured
2: <laughs> they i don't think they even got any bruises or anything i think he was almost glad he dropped the drum on people and not on the ground <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, thanks for catching you know. that with your face.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. So who knows? So,
2: like, <laughs> I'm really pumped about what they're going to be playing. Maybe we'll hear some weird stuff. In so, how many times? To, but...
1: uh, how many times have you seen them?
2: Let's see. Um,
3: mm, mm,
1: mm, 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 mm. Five times. Mm, okay. Yeah. I've only I've only seen them three times, but. Since living in Indiana, they don't, uh, I mean, they don't even hit Indianapolis on every tour, but I've seen them in Iowa City, Bloomington, Indiana, and Indianapolis. So, yeah.
2: The last time that they came through, I caught them here in Nashville, and I guess it was the first show they played in Nashville in quite some time.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: But, uh, like, definitely the first one since I've lived here. Yeah. And gosh they said something crazy though i think it'd been like over 10 years or something really weird like that since they played in nashville i don't know why they don't come down to tennessee but then i saw them in louisville when they went through there a few weeks later and that was fun actually i was hanging out down the street before the show at this restaurant that a friend of a friend was working at. we went to go say hello and this lady walked up to me while i was sitting in the front of the restaurant she said hey um you look like a They Might Be Giants fan. I have these yeah. tickets, I have these tickets, and I, I'm i not going. Do you, would you like these? And I was like, well, I already have tickets, and I'm going to the concert. But I just so you're,
1: was, you're right?
2: Yeah. I just thought it was the weirdest way to approach a stranger. You look like you listen to They Might Be Giants. I guess I we, just look ooh. like one of those people.
1: <laughs> we can spot our own. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> so the first time you saw him, though, was on the Else tour?
2: Um, well, it was the summer after the Else came out. It was June two thousand eight that I saw them at, at Summerfest. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the Else tour technically, okay. but because yeah. th- they had played, um, I guess yeah, the Else the tour. I wanted to go see them in Milwaukee, and I'd missed them for several years because they only played eighteen and up or twenty one and up shows in Chicago and Milwaukee. Right. So mm-hmm. I was finally turned 18. I wanted to go, but I didn't have a driver's license and none of my friends wanted to go. So I kind of got left behind there. Ah, ah. But obviously yeah. they have a bigger fan base than they did back then in Milwaukee because they got booked at the Turner Hall then, which is a smaller venue. And now they're playing the, the Pabst Theater. So And selling it out. It's
1: a huge
2: opera house and it sold out. So wow. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty pumped. I've never been to a show there before.
1: Yeah, it's it's really hard for me to gauge like their the size of their fandom because it's it's like I don't know just in this internet and social media age like we can all kind of glom together and it it seems like there's yeah it, it's just kind of hard to tell the size of it and like what kind of mainstream you know uh, attention they're still getting because you would have thought that like you know in the flood era sure they could sell out stuff like that. But after a band goes on so long, you know, you think maybe it would peter out, but they're still selling out these big venues. And it's just hard to tell, you know, like, it, it seems like there's so many rabid fans. But maybe that's just because we've all collected in the same little corners of the Internet. So it's its its kind of hard to tell, but it it seems like they're still doing pretty well. Thankfully.
2: I'm always surprised by how many people you run into at a show and you're like, hey, so do you follow them on social media? And... Tons of people always like respond no to me when I talk to them yeah. about stuff like that. So I got in a pixie shirt at the mud honey show. I said, Hey, you are not in the pixies fan group. Are you, you weren't at the, the giant meetup we had here in Nashville last year. And he's like, no, no, I have no idea. I don't even have a Facebook page. So-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah, it's not, it's not just us.
2: Oh yeah. It's not just us,
1: <laughs> not, not just us internet nerds. Yeah. Uh. So um I the first show I saw and they were on the Mink Car tour. But yeah, the second time in Bloomington, Indiana was was the Else tour. And I was a super big fan of that album and we're talking about a song off the Else. So it just it seemed like such just a heavy rock album. What 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 do you think of the Else as a whole?
2: I'm a little bit more in love with the first half of it. Okay, I feel like it kind of peters out for me after a while, but um, I I I love it
1: still. <laughs> really, even with Withered Hope and Mesopotamians, I mean, they got some jams on the back. Oh man.
2: yeah, yeah. Actually, Con- Mesopotamians, I would not have passed art history if it weren't for that song. <laughs> Seriously, there's no way I would have memorized those names. <laughs> I kept seeing it I've, in class. Yeah. My art history teacher thought I was such a dork. I mean, I am, but...
1: <laughs> but the the coolest kind of dork. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Hey! I, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, we're all friends here. Everybody listening. We're all the, the same kind of dorks. <laughs> so, so why did you pick uh, Take Out the Trash for an episode?
2: Wow. So I... Got into that record about a year after it was released. I don't know why I didn't listen to it when it first came out. I guess it was just because life was really weird. It was right around my 18th birthday. I was in this band that was breaking up, sort of, Mm. and I was like, Dating someone on the band, we were kind of breaking up. And Ah. you know, substance abuse problems and all kinds of weird things with my family, trying to finish up high school. Life was just kind of crazy. So I wasn't Mm -hmm. really like up on the new releases at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I finally got around to it, it was, you know, when I would graduated high school and I had some spare time before I ran off to college, I moved up to Milwaukee to go to UWM for film, and I moved in with uh, my boyfriend, who I had been dating for about six months at the time. Everything seemed hunky-dory until we moved in. Mm. And then everything kind of went crazy. So I related to that song a lot. It basically was my theme song for a good six months or so, was, was Take Out the Trash. It was... He turned super emotionally abusive and then physically abusive, and every time I kicked him out, and he kept coming back for more.
1: Shit. (laughs) Shit. So you had to take out the trash multiple times?
2: Yes, many, many times. I must have kicked him out a good, like, eight to ten times over the course of, like, four months. Fuck. Yeah. And he, he just refused to leave until eventually it was like, no. Like goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. It's
1: over Jeez. forever. Yeah. Yeah, change those locks.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, the apartment building wanted to charge me an arm and a leg, but I probably should have went for it just for the yeah. peace of mind. Okay. But yeah, that that was why it really resounds with me, is when I heard that song for the first time, I was going through that stuff. And yeah. and it was just it was so relatable. I thought they felt
1: yeah. like that song was written for this exact situation. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's, uh, you know, let's circle back around to the lyrical elements. Let's talk about the musical elements of this song. And the, the first thing I just need to point out is that Danny Weinkoff fuzz bass. Yes. <laughs> this song is just so bass driven. There's like, like the chorus is just drums and bass. vocals of course like there's no guitar on the song for like a full minute Mm -hmm. it's just that awesome bass tone and i want to know what pedal he was using
2: right (laughs) i was i was wondering about that because i listened to this song about 20 times at least last night just (laughs) letting it ruminate um that yeah that fuzz bass rules
1: God, yeah i don't know if it's a bass big muff or if it's something else but so good, and just that, like the, the chorus, just like the descending line that goes down, is just like the bass part is catchy. Like it's always moving, it's always interesting. It's just amazing. And it's just like like a drum and bass song. And I don't know if it's um, you know, just like uh, what you call it. Well, we, I guess we should also talk about the Dust Brothers. Do you, do you think most people know who the Dust Brothers are?
2: I think that people are not particularly familiar with the name if they are then they are but people are familiar with their work
1: yes so they've worked with uh beastie boys beck i just found out that they worked Ah! (laughs) with hansen on mbop (laughs)
2: <laughs> I just found that out, too. I didn't know that until I was wikipedia last night. I was like, I gotta get up on this wiki. I wrote, like, all these nerd notes. I was like, oh, yeah, I love that Beck record. I was so into that record.
1: <laughs> yeah, Odellay, and uh, was there another one? Uh, Guero. That's right, yeah. And I think just, like, the Else as a whole, um, I mean, they're not a, a part of every track, but just, like... The drums on this album, just in general, are just amazing. There's just so many sick grooves, and the tones are so cool. Like, throughout this song, there's, at least on the chorus, there's, like, some sort of, going along with the snare, there's some sort of weird, like, digital hand clap kind of thing or something, like, thickening up the snare. And it just sounds so good.
2: Isn't that, like, some, is that, like, a cowbell in that song in there, too? Is that what
1: is going on? I think... I think there is some some cowbell, and later I want to show you a... I found a live video with Linnell playing the cowbell. <laughs> That's great. It just looks so funny. He just looks like he's having the best time. We'll uh, we'll, we'll play that later. Um, but yeah, just like the, the drum and bass, like it almost is... Like this definitely isn't a, a hip-hop song necessarily, but just like the drum bass uh, being such key elements, it's just like such good groove, it doesn't need anything else. If I think there are yeah.
2: Oh, I I just I've heard people, you know, other people who are big fans who aren't really big fans of the else as a record. So maybe that's part of the reason why you're only finally getting around to somebody talking about it. Um but it's I sacrilege. wonder if, if maybe that's part of the reason why is just that the album is so like that like pop hip-hop bass drum you know the production on that that it's sort of emphasized the way that it is maybe people who are more into the other elements of the band mm-hmm. on other records maybe that's part of the reason why it doesn't appeal to them as much
1: yeah uh yeah the, the one thing i think is missing and i know um daryl till who's who's a big fan and uh his uh astral b uh youtube channel i've played a lot of his covers uh throughout these episodes i he he chimed in about something on uh the miscellaneous t facebook group about how the else doesn't have any accordion in it and i was thinking back to i'm like is there not a single song that has accordion in it because that think... would uh, Contra coup doesn't have any accordion in it i don't know Have to re listen. It doesn't nothing sticks out. Yeah, because that I mean I love the else, but that would be a big you know negative tick against the the album in my book. But overall, I just like I just I just love how it's uh, it it stands out amongst their discography because of that. And I don't think people can fault a band, especially a band like They Might Be Giants, for trying something different because that's kind of been their whole thing for their whole career is trying weird stuff. So how could you fault him for it?
2: Yeah, I uh, trust yeah. Trust me, I'm not gonna knock it. <laughs> I it's love. So you know, I mean, I love the accordion, but hey, and I mean, we're talking about how this song that I picked out. I mean, you think about the may be giants. You think guitar and accordion. There's just not even a whole lot of guitar in this song until <laughs> so you, you kind of get to like you know like the like what is that the the bridge, sorta. Of. Yeah. Like I sort of yeah. really think that the guitar like really give it the like <laughs> that's what I think about when I think about guitar in that song. Otherwise it's just kinda like general rhythm stuff and it's mostly the bass and the drums taking up the rhythm. Yeah.
1: yeah, it, it, yeah some guitar comes in for um that little like turnaround part, the uh, yeah. And yeah, that's where yeah. the cowbell don't right.
2: don't that's, <laughs> that's all I'm thinking about is the cowbell. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this this song also. Um, until I really listened to it carefully with headphones, I didn't realize how many different little keyboard things it has going on. It doesn't have like a super strong keyboard presence, but the first thing that comes in, I'm calling it kind of like a Morse code part. There's this like single note that goes ding 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 that comes in like I think halfway through the verse or something.
2: I want to translate that into Morse code.
1: Yeah, out of... and then. And then there's like this, what sounds like a Rhodes, like electric piano, kind of tremolo. Rhodes that comes in very, uh, very almost ambient, like real low in the mix. And then in the second verse, there's, is it in the chorus or the verse? There's this real buzzy synth that comes in between the lines. And that just appears like once or twice. And then there's this organ part that comes in through, I believe the l- the bridge. So just like the, all the this, all these different elements that none of them are like super in your face, but adding to the song in different ways. Uh, just uh, I love that about the production. It's like not one note; like it's always doing all these different things throughout the song.
2: I like it when Linnell is, you know, experimental with the the keyboard stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I know everybody gets really, really excited when he busts out an accordion, but I have to admit that, like, I really love him playing a keyboard.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I do like watching them live when sometimes he'll he'll mix up stuff. Like you'll see him take a song that had uh, like a keyboard part in the record and do it on accordion, and and vice versa. It's mm-hmm. Sometimes interesting to see. Do you want to do you want to see that live video of Linnell playing the cowbell? <laughs>
2: yeah. What's the deal <laughs> with that? Let's see. I'll pull it up on the iPad over here. This is probably the easiest thing. If you send me the link, I can just tap on it.
1: (laughs) Yes. There you go. So this was shot by a a notable The of Giants fan, TDK, in 2007. So on on the Else tour. Um, Let's see. Where was this?
2: I hadn't actually looked up any live videos of them playing it before this. I wish I'd done more uh, research ahead of time, but like I said, my week got kind of crazy.
1: <laughs> sure, sure. Joe's Pub. I don't. I, I think he's a. I think TDK is in New York. Ah, uh-huh. not positive. But yeah, it's just like it's a, just a minute of the song, but but it features Linnell playing the cowbells. <laughs> Check that out.
0: Hey, I'll
2: Oh, it's so good! And he's doing the Morse code thing. I, I just love it when Flansburg is not playing guitar and just like hanging off the mic stand.
1: Yeah, yeah, doing his front man thing. Yeah. And someone in the YouTube comments said, "Just enough cowbell." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I, I do I, I watched some other videos, and he he didn't do it in any other ones, but the, but this one, yeah.
2: I, I feel cowbell. like I've seen Linnell play a cowbell wide before, though. Yeah. Hmm.
1: What
2: what was that? What was that for? I'll have to think about it. I'm not gonna remember today, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the first time I've seen him do it, but I've never seen him do it with such gusto.
1: Yeah, he really looks like he's having fun with it. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, yeah, let's come back around to the lyrics of the song. So, like you said, this has a big personal connection with you. Are there any uh, specific lines you'd like to point out?
2: Ooh,
1: just gonna bring these up in front of me right now.
2: Yeah, I I should pull them up too. <laughs>
1: No, I'd say this is maybe one of the more straightforward they might be giant songs in yes. that yeah it's 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 uh re- it gets to its point right away. And I don't think we're talking about a whole lot of uh metaphors or anything here. It's pretty much just like right to the point.
2: Yeah, there's no strange obscure meaning to anything. It is very straightforward.
1: The um the bridge
2: <laughs> Oh what? no! I did just. I looked up "take out the trash" on TMBW, and it said Simlish. I forgot about the Sims version.
1: Oh, we're oh we're gonna play that one. <laughs> Let's just okay, okay. I guess we just need to go ahead and play that now. So, uh, this is on uh, what was it? The Sims two. Uh, the Sims two. Free time. <laughs> they recorded a version in the Sims language, Simlish. Did you did you ever play The Sims?
2: a little
1: bit yeah i never did but my sister did i sent her a link to this yesterday and she thought it was pretty hilarious <laughs> the <laughs> so yeah so simlish is a made-up language i mean for the game i'd like to know if it's like a fully fleshed out fictional language like klingon or something like that i i, I honestly don't know uh but well let, <laughs> let's check out a little bit of this
0: Chuka la trish, what a kuba koru. Can push cap up a rock,
1: and figgy we it's so ridiculous like how many other bands ha- have done stuff like that for the sims it just seems like such a they might be giants thing
2: I mean it's they do stuff like that they make songs for sims they make weird homestar runner things like it's part of the reason why they're so wonderful yeah
1: yeah <laughs> so ridiculous <laughs> Gern. <laughs> <laughs> So, so back to the real lyrics. It's yes. funny. And in, in the bridge, I'd never thought about the, uh, it's Thursday now line. Just thinking like, like, I'd always thought it was just like, well, you know, it's, it's been long enough, you know, kick him out. But then people were pointing out in the interpretations, like, "Oh, it's just like that's Trash Day. Thursday is Trash Day." Yeah. I never even thought about it that way. I mean, for me, it's Wednesday, but <laughs> it's it's Thursday now. Oh, the trash pickup's coming. You better literally get them out there in the
3: trash. Yeah.
1: <laughs> One other thing, people were bringing up in the interpretations that I uh, people were giving it a more kind of um, not, I guess, sinister is not the right word, but kind of a. Um, um, that the narrator of this song is wanting to get with this girl and has this, you know, this is, like, take out the trash, you should be with me. It's like, focusing on the line, I'm not saying all all the boys are the same, but some boys are the same, and it's Thursday now, so he's saying, oh, I'm not one of those guys. You know, I'm the good guy. I, n- I never took that from this song, but but that, that line... D- d- does does kind of uh back up those people's points had you you ever thought about it in that way
2: a little bit i guess it was to me it sounded more like someone who is probably better friends with the lady in this relationship and is seeing that this relationship is not a good thing Mm -hmm. and is just straight up saying like get out of this crap Right. I, I guess I never really saw it so much as a well, get out of this relationship so you can be with me. I saw it more of as a like, do this because it's what's good for you. Don't right sell yourself short.
1: Same, yeah. I I always saw it as a completely positive song. I didn't see it as some sort of ulterior motive kind of uh, kind of thing. But yeah, I mean that that comes up in the interpretations a couple of times.
2: Because, cause they're. I mean he he calls the the bad guy a go getter.
1: Yeah, so that's interesting.
2: Someone who's, you know, like taking advantage of a situation.
1: Uh okay. I, I feel yeah, like yeah, I mean go getter you know, usually seems like a positive term to give to somebody. He's a real go getter
2: yeah it's usually a positive thing, but couldn't that mean that too? Like someone who's a go getter they're like they're pushy, they're like yeah don't that's, give why, that. that's why she can't get rid of him because he won't stop. He just keeps coming back yes he, he can't take no for an answer because he's a go getter
1: right as in your situation
2: ah. Uh. But guess Bad what? Go-getter. No, no means no. I think that's the that's the, yeah. <laughs> the statement that John Flansbury is trying to get across <laughs> in this song here. No means no.
1: No means no. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So the, there aren't very many specifics in this song, really. You know, it's just it says after everything he did, what is it? After everything he. Set where is it?
2: Yeah, after what he said. After, after what he said. He did.
1: After everything he did. No real specifics here, but I think that lends itself to more kind of general uh, a- a- anthem that people can latch onto and use as their own theme song. Yeah,
2: I mean, you yeah. can't really tell what this guy exactly did that was wrong. Was he was he cheating? Maybe that was a thing. Like. Mm-hmm. Was was he doing something else? No matter what, I guess the message is like, you are not being treated the way you deserve to be treated. Why mm. are you letting someone treat you this way? You don't deserve it. You should do something to stand up for yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's Which a good is, song. It's, you it's, know, it's,
2: it's, it's a good message. And like I said, I was in a situation where... It was really hard. It was really hard to get this jerk out of my apartment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Heck, he wasn't even paying rent. So so, like, <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he quit his job. He was like, oh, I got a free ride. Um, so, you know, like, it, it. and I didn't really have anyone who understood what was going on. It's a weird position to be in. Heck, yeah. I never even talked about what happened until a couple months afterward. That was when I knew things would never, ever go back to the way they were. Mm-hmm. When Chris Brown beat the crap out of Rihanna. And that huh. was all over the news. And I saw these pictures of Rihanna all beat up. And, like, I have pictures of myself like that. No one saw me. I didn't leave the house after I had bruises on my face. Oh,
1: shit. So it did get physical.
2: Oh, yeah. It was bad. Fuck. Yeah. Oh. So, like, and it was scary. Um, you know, eventually, eventually when I moved to Arizona, I was still getting harassing emails from him and he, he was saying that he was going to come down to Arizona and he was going to find me and he knew I lived in Tucson. So I had to be really careful about things I said. And when I went back to school, I was afraid that he would see that I was going to some university and he'd know I went there and I got, I got a restraining order. And it was very difficult because when you live in a different state, you have yeah. to contact like the sheriff's department in whatever county. I had to find out his current address. I faked being a previous employer and called his Whoa. mom and said, Whoa. oh, there's a there's a check that we a final <laughs> check that we need to send to him. What's his current? I made a fake voice and everything and like <laughs> to get his current address so I could give Whoa. it. Yeah, so he'd give it to the, the, the people who were going to serve him with the restraining order. It was, it was crazy. And the, even weirder is uh, at the time, I was roommates with Alex Italics, who, you know, has done several music videos for the band at this point. This yeah. was, way before that, we were just a couple of They Might Be Giants nerds, but he was a legal assistant. So he helped me out with the whole restraining order thing. <laughs> so y'all kind of, They Might Be Giants and weird situation <laughs> just kind of went like this.
1: Wow. You're doing some, that's like some kind of spy level shit. That's pretty badass, there. <laughs> yeah. We got a check. Yeah, it's,
2: it's, for it's him. Pretty,
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah.
2: It was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Just the whole, the whole situation. Um, but, but yeah, like I don't, I don't know if, cause I didn't have anybody to say like, Mari, this isn't a good situation for you to be in. I, I wasn't honest about anything for a long time. And, uh, listening and, to this song made me think about it felt like someone was actually saying to me hey you know this is bad like yeah. do something about it
1: and i mean you and, just kind and of moved to, a, moved to a new town right i mean when you because you moved to milwaukee did you really know any you know many people there when when this was going down to be able to talk to you? no yeah
2: no yeah, I, I really know. didn't have i you know i hadn't started school i I moved up there right in the beginning of May and uh, and I didn't start school until the end of August. So I didn't have any friends from the film department. I didn't I also graduated from high school a year late, so I didn't really have any friends that I had been in school with and I was in an independent study program in high school as well, so I didn't really have friends in general. I just kind of sat on a computer all day for most of high mm. school.
3: Hmm. Most of my friends Mm -hmm. were, like,
2: from the internet. I didn't know very many people from Milwaukee. So it was a whole new world, and I was excited about it.
1: Quick editor's note. You're going to hear a phone call come into my computer that I did not think was getting recorded by my program. So uh, I'm sorry about that. Please ignore the ringing.
2: But as soon as I got into this new place and tried to meet new people, he kind of tried to box me in, and you know it was, "Oh, who were you hanging out with? Who were you kissing? Who were you sleeping with when you were not hanging out with me when you went to the library or something? You know, just crazy stuff, crazy, weird, abusive, bad behavior. So it was a, like a really weird situation, and it's hard to admit to people when you're in a bad situation like that to tell them like something is very, very wrong, and I don't know what to do.: Yeah wow you'd think when, when you think of, like oh no, nothing like that's ever going to happen to me and then it happens and you don't know what to do because you think you would know what to do but it's so much different when you're having this emotional response in the moment
1: right right and so so things you, you'd, between you were you think were, were, that you'd pretty... be
2: using
3: reasoning
1: uh-huh But things between you two were all right before the move. It happened, like, at the move or the move in.
2: Yeah. Well, our our other roommate was his sister. So I feel like when we lived with his sister before, he behaved. Ah. But hmm. as as soon as he moved out and and he, he didn't have anybody to show off to anymore, he turned into a different person. Hmm. And wouldn't be the first time I've seen people behave that way. I think it's strange how people have these masks that they put on. I'm a pretty straightforward people tell me I'm like way too honest with everybody. (laughs) I feel like I'm really (laughs) dumping everything out talking about this right now. (laughs) But you know, like it's it's still it's still weird and emotional thinking about this. You know, I was I was trying to think about different situations like I used to have to hide that I was even practicing accordion. I couldn't play accordion when he was home because he'd get really annoyed and he'd uh, he'd you know get angry. I was afraid he was gonna do something to my accordion. <laughs> he used to take fuck. like he didn't like John Waters movies, so he threw out all my John Waters DVDs. <laughs> he'd do stuff like that. So oh my
1: god, it
2: was just yeah. I wow. it seems like I never threw out his three eleven CDs.
1: <laughs> you should have. I
2: I should have. You <laughs> would have just burned some more. But Damn. You know, it's just some people grow up in a bad environment and they uh they cope with it differently, I guess, as they get older. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't live in the perfect household growing up. There was weird stuff going on. I I was, you know, abused a bit as a kid, but um mm. but I never decided like oh well people hit me i'm gonna hit other people
1: right I right.
2: for me it was always i'm gonna be super compassionate toward other people and never ever ever hit anybody like ever even <laughs> when yeah. they hit me yeah. it's just not something i can stomach i mean look so at this, me I'm, this... I'm like the wussy vegan <laughs> 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 I can, can't even like <laughs> I once I cried when I stepped on a ladybug. Like I'm such a baby. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so this guy you haven't like heard from him in like he he hasn't like reappeared or anything, has he?
2: Oh jeez. Uh he popped up in I think it was like two thousand thirteen or so. It was when I uh, I had first started talking with R Stevie Moore, which then he turned out to be a total Wackadoodle doodle as well mm. um but you know that once again it, people don't show their cards like they yeah. they lure you in and they make you feel comfortable and they make you feel like you're safe and then the mask comes off and you're like oh my gosh who is this person i thought you were my best friend i thought i knew you i like who are you i don't know anymore
1: you're Like, great i gotta take out the trash again
2: yeah oh gosh Every trash day. <laughs> there's always
1: Thursday. Yeah. There's,
2: every Thursday there's a new person to toss. <laughs> oh boy.
1: He,
2: yeah, he he popped back up at one point and um Well actually wait, he popped up in, in two thousand ten because he he showed up at my parents' house and gave them a check for five hundred dollars. Huh? Yeah, he, he F- and I, I cashed it. hell yeah that was that was like half of his rent for one month (laughs) (laughs) so you know i was like well whatever i'm gonna take his money and run and uh and i actually i that's the last time i ever saw him i met up with him i was visiting my family in wisconsin and i was like well i see you got a, a new cat and uh I'd like to, to meet your cat. It's almost sort of a sibling of my cat in a way and and if you can be cool if you if like he seemed like he was mentally stable. It seemed like he'd been like secretly smoking crack, I think, also when we were dating. So Yeah, <laughs> things that I oh never God. I never knew people do crazy things and you it you would be amazed. You can live with someone for six months and not know that like they used to smoke crack and then they then they start Jeez. again. I, if you asked oh me, God. like, "Hey, do you think that your drummer smokes crack?" I'd be like, "No."
1: <laughs> but I, yeah, I was wondering where all those blast beats came from. <laughs>
2: like, <it's>, <laughs> <laughs> I should have I been like, "Wow, <laughs> that's where that came just, from." The tempos <laughs> just
1: keep getting faster. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But yeah, you know, he he popped back up that one time I met up with him, and I hung out with him for like an hour or two. It wasn't too weird. But then Mm. he he called me like 90 times in two days after that. And I wasn't answering the phone because I was busy. Actually, I think it was like exactly nine years ago today. I had a memory popping up saying I made chili with my friends in Milwaukee. I remember that whole night I was making chili. He called like 40 times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So maybe it was just, maybe it wasn't the best idea they met up with him maybe. no
2: so i never yeah. saw him again and then he somehow i think he made some new account on facebook and he messaged me three years later and i was like uh. and he was yeah. talking to me about how oh yeah like i got a new job again and i got i'm doing better and like i'm totally sober now and i was like okay dude like that's cool um but i didn't really want to get too close or or anything, yeah. and so I just kind of was backed away slowly, and then blocked him, and I've never heard from him again since then, so hooray, that's it's good. been six years of no no gym
1: <laughs> bad gym gym, f- gym.
2: free environment
1: gym. <laughs> wow, well, that, that's good you're finally rid of him so, when I was looking for covers, I was only able to find one One cover, and I don't know if it's just because there's a lot of other bands that have songs with the same title or similar titles, so it was like really kind of uh, muddying the waters when I was looking for stuff, but I was looking on YouTube, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and I only found one cover. It's a Uke cover. This guy's name is Patrick Maruska. That
2: sounds Russian.
1: Yeah, Maruska or Polish.
2: Yeah, or Polish. It sounds very Polish.
1: Let's see. It's only got one like on here. I'm going to give another th- thumbs up there. 16 views on the one cover of this song. And it's an old day Mopey Giant song at this point. I was really surprised I couldn't find more.
3: Girl, let to take out the... Figured out a while ago, and I know it's not exactly breaking news. It's all been a little like a trial for you, and a bunch more talking, will will make him true. I'll come, a common girl wanna take out the trash, and once you let him out.
1: it it's it's a good cover, but it really shows you how important the bass is in this song, yeah, when it's not there, the verse is like one chord,
2: yeah I'm curious I was gonna do the bridge. the most interesting part in the whole song to play if you're (laughs) playing
3: the
1: ukulele i didn't even notice it it is thursday now crazy wait no it's wednesday never mind i'm a fool
2: (laughs) (laughs) wait it's wednesday
1: (laughs) oh wait it's wednesday
2: (laughs) (laughs) this this whole thing's actually been helping me out because i don't have to take out the trash tomorrow but I have to take out the recycling for tomorrow morning so I've just been like oh wow there's no way I can ever forget to take out the recycling today
1: (laughs) (laughs) your trash and recycling are on different days
2: yeah actually my recycling only comes once every two weeks it's every other Friday and my trash comes every Monday so
1: (laughs) yeah Wednesday both for us and like lawn lawn trimming stuff pickups all on one day our trash pickup's actually pretty good. Like, you could put out huge branches and they won't bitch about it, even if you don't put it in bags or whatever. Oh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They well, Here, we have to do this weird thing where you stack up all your branches, like, on the side of the road. And every so often, or you can even call and request it, they bring out this big, like, grabber, forklifty claw thing. Yeah. They bring out Mr. Claw.
1: Mr. Claw. Come,
2: yeah. <laughs> and they pick, they pick up all your branches they pick they pick up the trash
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was the only cover I could find so I think we're to that point in the show when you've got to uh, score this song
2: jeez I don't know what kind like I'm so bad at things like this like rating I did want to I did take note of when I was looking at the album in general looking up information about it you know what uh, the L's got on Pitchfork.
1: Uh, wasn't it like a three or something?
2: It was a five point three, but I feel like that is like so low. I mean, that's basically Ooh. like giving them an F, isn't it?
1: Yeah, five point three. Yeah, I don't think Pitchfork has ever got them though. Fuck them.
2: Pitchfork doesn't know how to do anything right. No, <laughs> no. So let's see. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll give this song cause I, I like it a lot, but I guess just because of the things I said didn't bother me, I can't give it a higher score cause I kind of wish there was like more guitar. And,
3: uh, uh-huh.
2: I guess this song wouldn't be very fitting for accordion, but I'm going to give it an 8.8888 8 repeating.
1: All right. <laughs> yeah Very nice um, let me see what I'm gonna do here. I'm looking at my spreadsheet at my other scores. let's see I think i'm gonna go seven point six looking at yeah I'll put it above uh Point, yeah, point one above Erase. I think that's where I'll have to put it <laughs> in relation to my other stuff. It's, I mean, it, it might be my favorite flan song on the album. I don't know, maybe I should go higher. I don't know, it's a yeah. good one. Yeah, the fuzz bass, big selling point for me. But yeah, kind of short on, on, on guitar. But it does have a great chorus, a great, I mean, there's not a whole lot to, to dig through with the lyrics, but the lyrics are amazing. And yeah, it's a great song. you got anything to plug for the those... listeners? Oh yeah. Go ahead.
2: Oh boy. Uh, oh, I was just going to say, I, I think it's one of those, they might be giant songs that you could play for people who maybe think the other stuff is a little bit too weird and they'd be yeah. really, really, really into it. Mm-hmm. So I'd say that's kind of a good selling point.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's more straight ahead. It's a rocker. Uh, not uh, not as quirky as some of the other stuff. They must <laughs> hate
2: it. They hate it when people say stuff like that. Don't they? I know. It's why well, I have to put it in a
1: voice. Yeah, oh, they're, so, they're so weird. They're so weird. They're so quirky. Oh, this one I get behind. It's a breakup song. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah,
2: it just kind of speaks to everybody. Uh, yeah. Um What do I have to plug? Let's see. Uh, jeez, what am I even doing? Oh, um. I have some stuff that's going to be coming out soon Ooh. with with a friend of mine. Uh his name is Dan Butler. He goes by the the stage name The Bastard. That's B A S S T U R D. The Bastard. Um but it's one word, it's not two words, Bastard. Um yeah, I met him about nine years ago, I think. He, he was on tour. He he used to, like I think, live with Wesley Willis in Chicago back in the day. What? Um, yeah. And, uh, and he's known a bunch of people I know from different scenes, people from Chicago, people from Texas. I think that's where he's living now. He used to live in Vegas. And I think he wow. knows a bunch of my friends from Iowa, too. But, um, you know, he's toured all over the place. He's been making music for a long, long time. And he has this project that he's been doing where he's releasing a song every single day for this entire year. And he's been releasing a a song every single day. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I'll have to to add you to the group. Um, There's a group. And if you look at his Facebook page, he posts them on the Bastard page every day. I forget the exact name of the, the project, but it's he has a Facebook group that's dedicated to it where you'll get like a notification if you sign up and um he's looking to do a physical release. He actually has I think it's an Indiegogo uh-huh. right now that he's trying to raise funds. Uh and so if anyone's curious, you should check out his stuff. Uh it's it's all over the place. There's a lot of cool electronic things. I think if people are into they might be giants. They'd probably be into him as well.
1: He so you're a, on... Uh, ha, are you appearing on any of the ones that have been released already?
2: I haven't been on any of the ones that have already been released. But I have a song right now that I'm finishing up recording. So nice. the, the group is called 2019, The Year of the Turd. So that's the name <laughs> of the project is The Year of the Turd. <laughs> and... Uh, Yeah, so we've got a little bit over two months of songs left, so we've still got, you know, a good like seventy something songs to go. And he's hoping to release the entire thing, get it like pressed on C D and release all three hundred sixty five songs as like a box set. And there I've I've been working on a song for that. I just gotta finish up the vocals on it and like toss some synths in and it should it should be cool. But I'm I'm pretty excited for when that comes out. Everything yes. so far has been great. And if you listen to one song, like it could sound totally different than the song the day before or the day after. I mean, he's got stuff on piano, he's got stuff with sequencers and synthesizer stuff that other people wrote and, and he did some stuff on. It's all over the place. Some of it's old, some of it's brand new. I mean, he's gotten to the point where he's been writing songs about like, oh my God, I have to write another freaking song. God damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We thought they might be giants were prolific but if, with one song a week, but every day, that's, every day, that's insanity.
2: He's saying that if he releases this as like a box set, it might be one of the longest officially released albums ever made. <laughs> I think he's looked into it. Yeah. The only other thing that I can think of that's close to that is um, Chris Butler from The Waitresses has this project that he's been doing for years and years. And I believe it's called The Infinite Glitch. Uh-huh. And it's basically like the song that never ends. <laughs> he just keeps adding and adding. Like it just goes on and on and on. My friend.
1: <laughs> I won't start singing that
2: Yes. (laughs) But
1: yeah, 365 songs. That's going to take up quite a few CDs.
2: Yeah. I'm really excited, though, because I've I've been listening to pretty much everything as it comes out all year long. And I can't imagine what that must be like to, like, pop in these CDs and just listen. It's going to be all over the place. It's going to be kind of like listening to, you know a weirder they might be giants record i guess (laughs) because it's gonna you're gonna go for one song and actually be like wait is this even the same band
1: that's pretty wild
2: i i'm i'm very pumped about it so it hasn't been released yet but there's gonna be like a donut shop Death bastard collaboration coming out here sometime in the next probably like in the next month is as long as i get it sent in i don't know what day he's gonna release it on
1: but it's coming and what's your band camp for people to find your stuff
2: Donutshopdeath.bandcamp.com.
1: There you go. I think
2: that's how it works, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yep. That's it. So, do you want people to find you on social media or anything like that?
2: Yeah. If they, heck, if they want to find me personally, they can look up Mari Morton. I don't post a whole lot on my uh, on my band page because you know Facebook wants you to pay to promote your posts. So I usually just kind of do it on my page. But people want to see what i'm up to my page is kind of locked down but hey you know we usually we've got mutual friends if people want to talk dorky music or work on some stuff i'm always open to collaborating with people on stuff too so if people want to screw around and make some music i'm always open to it
1: hell yeah yeah so i'm i'm so glad to finally get you on here on a proper episode at least it's been a long time coming
2: yeah, I know. Heck, it's been a while since we were even going to try to do part two, and that kind of collapsed in on itself. <laughs> yeah, we'll,
1: we'll figure it out.
2: <laughs> yeah, eventually we'll get back around to that, and hopefully we'll yeah. have some new people involved too.
1: Yeah, yeah. So thanks again for being on, and uh, I think we'll we'll sign off there. Um, so people can find me on Twitter at this might be a pod, uh, Facebook dot slash this might be a podcast. Uh, let's see my voicemail number I'm always forgetting my voicemail number oh there it is okay 224 801 2930 leave me a voicemail uh, email me this might be a pod at gmail and patreon.com/ this might be a podcast so I think uh, yeah that's it so Mari thank you for being on thank you I just
2: remember my username is happy muffin. So that's there we where people go. can find
1: me, Happy Muffin. <laughs> On Twitter, right?
2: Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere. If you will go Happy Muffin, I'm Happy Muffin. Happymuffin.com is me too, so Happy Muffin.
1: And a, and a Happy Muffin to you.
2: Oh, and to you too, sir.